At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, Hour 3, Week 1. Amal Shaw, I'm Patrick Maher. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, executive producing. Jeff Merrick was great talking NHL and the trade deadline. As we transition here, we're going to welcome in Mike Somich. Mike Somich is a professional handicapper, racingdudes.com. He's part of the network here on Sharp Money, a good friend who's going to become a part of the fabric of the show as well. Actually, Samich is going to be out in Vegas next week, so he'll be sitting next to Amal Shaw in studio. He's going to be competing in the National Horse Players Championship. Last year, Samich finished seventh of, what was it, 536, something like that, one of the great horse. 564, one of the best uh, handicappers when it comes to horse racing, but also every sport. Just one of the sharpest guys, smartest guys I know. We welcome in Mike Samich. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing well. Appreciate the intro, and I can't wait to kick this thing off. Yes, looking forward to it. You heard the erudite breakdown from one Amal Shaw of run line betting and baseball. You were listening. We appreciate the support. And you said, hey, fellas, I got some stats. I got some info when it comes to puck line betting in the NHL. Yeah, we talked about this a little on Lombardi line over the summer, how you have consistently seen NHL teams pull their goalies earlier and earlier as we've gotten as we kind of progressed through since about 2013, 14, when the average was a minute and 13 seconds when you pulled your goalie down one all the way up to a minute and 46 now. So you've seen a massive jump up there, almost 33 percent jump in the time where you have the goalie off the ice. And you can capitalize that if you look at what teams are awful when they pull their goalie. The Blues and the Sharks, two of the worst in the NHL, both giving up 18 goals without the goalie. The Blues have done that in just 31 times, pulling the goalie. So they're a great one to play against there on the puck line. And also try and look for situations where you're getting any type of plus money with their opponent, minus one and a half when the opponent is up one in the third period. But two of them really jumped out to me that I thought were really interesting. Uh, Florida Panthers, they have 27 regulation losses. They've given up 17 empty net goals, only three of their 27 regulation losses. I'm sorry, only four of their 27 regulation losses were by one goal. So playing against the Panthers on the puck line is a highly profitable thing versus just playing against them on the money line. And then shockingly, the Tampa Bay Lightning, only 19 losses all season. 16 of the 19 have been by two goals, and they've given up 15 empty net goals as well. So those are two teams you want to look to play against there if you're looking on uh, trying to play them, play against them on the puck line. Or if they are down one or two in the third period, you can get plus money by betting their opponent minus two and a half or minus one and a half, depending on the situation. Those are also solid plays. 
I don't know if you're trying to troll me, Samich, but the Panthers killed me last night. Have everything <laughs> to play for. Here comes Nashville. Nashville just traded away everybody. They had nothing to play for. And Florida loses. Florida's confounding. That was my favorite team in hockey last year. Amal, I'm going to go to you on this one. You and I used to talk about Florida was a juggernaut last year and a confounding team this year. Well, I think the one thing when you looked at them, they were great offensively. Defensively, there were still a ton of questions. Uh, Bobrovsky, to me, is not a goaltender you can win a cup with. He had a great year in Columbus, and all of a sudden they think he was the savior potentially. But, you know, I want to go back to the point Mike made, Patrick, in terms of the the goals uh, laying the number. If you're down two goals, uh, you're going to pull the goaltender quicker. And the other team is not worried about icing. And I think Mike makes a great point of potentially looking at that team that's up two goals laying the two and a half there at a plus price or a very low minus price because it feels like to me there's a greater likelihood of scoring uh, up two than there is up one because you're so concerned about icing. You're just trying to clear the uh, puck from your own blue line when you're on defense down a goal or I mean up a goal excuse me. Yeah, you nailed it there. And there are a couple of teams that are phenomenal at it. Uh, Tampa Bay has scored 13 times, only given up one goal when the uh, opposing team has pulled their goalie. Dallas, uh, I think it's 15 of 32 tries. They've scored a goal, uh, only giving up one as well. So there's specific teams you can target, but uh, you're dead on there. When you have we're down two goals, you're often seeing the opposing team pull the goalie between three and four minutes. That's a ton of time to have an empty net. You will get opportunities to be able to score into it. And if you can find a way, usually the the live game lines, the live puck lines come down with about five minutes left. So you got to be looking between that 10 minute mark and five minute mark in the third period for profitable situations where you can lay that extra goal and hope to get that empty net situation to get it done. You know, Patrick, real quick, just to follow up on his point, there's certain teams you got to be really cautious of the Minnesota wild. I don't know if they have the bonus clause in their contract trying to win a game down three goals. They they pull everybody. Them and the Panthers, they don't care. Down three goals, they're pulling goaltenders. You're like, my God, man, you can't bet unders with some of these teams. Minnesota and Florida are two teams that come to mind. Just something to pay attention to, though, if you're betting hockey, either totals or uh, run puck lines in play. Yeah, it's all about you know, coach philosophy and analytics. Yeah. As hockey has I get more analytics, pulling the goalie earlier has become one of those tendencies that you've seen from a lot of these teams. Uh, it's easy. If you just Google empty net performance stats, you're able to pull all this information up as well. So it's readily available on the Internet if you want to look for it. Well, it's great information. Mike Samich, professional handicapper, part of Sharp Money, joins us, racingdudes.com. Make sure you check them out. You were listening to the hedging conversation earlier. I'll put it this way. The connotation of hedging, and Amal, I think you'd agree with this, right around 2007-ish is really where offshore, I was living in Brooklyn, New York at the time, and I was betting in-game. That's when in-game started to really become popular, right around 2007-ish, and I used to get involved. So that's when the connotation of hedging kind of took on its own a new uh, definition because hedging in game is something obviously that you uh, would get involved in, but you were listening to the hedging conversation just on a macro level Samich, and wanted to jump in here. Yeah, I, I, I am generally anti-hedging. I think there's a difference between mitigating your risk and hedging. And I think what you guys are talking about, especially with in-game betting, is mitigating risk, right? If something changes, if you have new information, your opinion can change. And if you have, it, let's say, a 5% play of your bankroll on its side, you have an injury, let's say that the pace is different than what you expected, uh, there is a different game plan than what you were expecting, all of those are good reasons to mitigate your risk on that 5% play. One thing I want to say, too, is, is you mentioned the big bankroll versus little bankroll. I think people should talk more about it as percentage of bankroll bet because a big bankroll for someone is different than a big bankroll for someone else. When I'm betting a straight bet, it's anywhere from one to 5% of my bankroll. And that often determines whether or not I'm gonna hedge. The times that I actually hedge are future wagers. So if, you know, I had a, I had a, I was lucky enough to have a nice piece of, of Kansas City in the Super Bowl, but I was able to come back and take Philly plus two and a half there to create a little bit of a middle. But also, you know, when a 25% bankroll pop, is on the line, I want to mitigate that risk a little bit. And that's why I think hedging makes a ton of sense. They're in parlays. Uh, the in-game hedging, I think, can get a little messy for people, especially if you're new to it. You got to be careful. You got you to be careful in-game. You watch your bankroll evaporate them all. Yeah, I, I think Mike brings up a lot of great points there, and I can appreciate where he's coming from, the perspective that he may not necessarily subscribe to it. Mike, I just want to ask you this question. This is my personal perspective. Let's say you've got a team that you you were at a pick em price before the game, and all of a sudden now the in-play the opponent that you were facing off against is like five to one. And again, to me, if I put down 20% on the other side, you, you, the argument can be made that you're wiping away 20% in profit. But I look at it from the standpoint of just having seen a million games over the years, so many things happen that it's a situation where I all of a sudden am in a scenario just 
simply where either I'm, I'm winning a thousand or I'm, I'm breaking even. I'm excuse me. I'm only I'm making 800 instead of the thousand. Is that something you kind of oppose or it's something just based on individual preference for you? Uh, for me, I'm definitely against that. And here's the simple reason why. Before the game, you you identified a positive expected value bet in your mind, right? So yes. you're you're taking the, the side at zero as plus EV. At halftime, if you're up 10, you're yeah. in a great position for that bet, and you are way higher plus EV than you were at the beginning of it. Sure. By taking that $200 money line the other way, what you're really doing is when you win, paying an additional 20 cents in VIG, right? Yeah. Because you're going to lose that $200 on what your plus EV opinion was. I'm all about hedging if you think you have two positive expected value bets. But with, when you're doing proper bankroll management, at no point should that one bet be that huge of concern that you want to put that 200 down to cover it because you want to stay with what your opinion was prior to the game, especially if it's one that, that was a positive opinion. Can you just expand a little bit for people that may be unfamiliar in terms of when you say positive EV for people that are either not poker players or not day to day <laughs> betters? No, just I think sometimes people may no, not we be have familiar to with con it. We, sh we have to always remember the VEASAN attracts very sharp betters and seasoned betters, but brand new betters as well. And there's so many people coming into the space. I think it's a great question. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so expected value is EV. There's positive expected value and negative expected value. Let's say my model spits out that a favorite should be three and it's a pick em, right? There's ex positive expected value based on my model for that game. Uh, if you then at halftime and let's say that, that you're getting, you mentioned you're getting five to one, right? For the other team to win. Well, if my model says that should be four to one, that's a negative expected value because I'm getting essentially 80% of what I think I should be getting on that bet. So in that situation, I'm taking a positive expected value bet, and I am essentially eroding the profit by taking a negative expected value bet. Now, if you find a situation where you have two positive expected values, it's a great situation to be playing both because you know, I'm going to bet over 3,000 bets over a course of a year. I want as many of those to be positive expected value as possible. It's similar to the poker philosophy where if you play enough and you get it in good every time, you're going to be a winner. So you just have to kind of continually find those positive expected value bets and not bet too much. If you're betting too much on specific games, you don't have the bankroll to be able to play all of these games. And that really is what I think is one of the major leaks in a lot of gamblers game. I think it's a great, great point he raises there. And I think that's something that's great teachable moment that applies to a lot of different people. What's your strategy for bet tracking? Mine used to be manual, analog back in the day. Bet tracking, very important for new bettors. You can oftentimes learn more from your losses, but what's your strategy with bet tracking, Samich? I use an Excel sheet, and you want to know why? It's a lot more painful to put in the loss than to have that loss auto-generated. <laughs> so I, I want to be able to track every single bet in Excel because you can also create sortable searches by it. You know, I, I actually have an economics background, so I'm pretty good at Excel. You can put different sortable features to, to look at sport, at home dog, road dog, home favorite, road favorite, money line, future bets, and that all allows you to sort it personally. I'm sure there's a more elegant way. But I want to actually put it in there so I can feel the pain of that loss twice, not just when the game's over, but also when I'm putting it in the spreadsheet to try and learn something from it. Can you explain to Patrick the word sunken cost and why I walk out in the middle of a movie if it's bad? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, look, your time's worth money, Patrick. Exactly. Well, don't waste another hour. <laughs> Thank you. I, no, Amal's a psychopath. It was the weirdest <laughs> conversation I've had with a human being in 2023, and it's really not that close. His uh, approach to watching movies, rewind, go to vsan.com and watch the second hour. You'll see. Samage continues here on Sharp Money. Thank you for all the theory. That's tremendous information, and new betters and seasoned betters will learn something there, Samage. When we come back, you've got four plays on the wood college basketball tonight. It's coming up. Sharp Money, vsan, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening 
why and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money on a Friday. VSIN, the sports betting network. He's Amal Shaw, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, UFC 285 Parlay Insurance, Bet River Sportsbook. Make sure you pick up the insurance this weekend for the big UFC card. Bet River Sportsbook. Visit betrivers.com. We got you back here. I'm Patrick Maher. Mike Samich joins us. So I mentioned in the very first show on Monday what we're trying to do. And I'm a network handicapper. I've got a lot of smart friends. You heard the humble brag from Samich in the last segment where he said, no big deal. I'm an econ major, whatever, smart guy. But he is a part of that thread, of that network. His boys over at RacingDudes.com are going to be joining the show regularly. Jaron and Aaron Aaron Halterman as well. Uh, So we appreciate Samich joining. We just went through a bunch of theory. Hold on. Go ahead, Amal. Do you want to say something? I just got to defend Mike here real quick. As a guy who doesn't even know what the letter of the word humility starts with, that was not a brag. He was just giving you his credentials and his background. Give me a break, Maher. Come on. And to be completely fair. Where did you go to college, Samich? I forget. Well, I, I went to University of Missouri for a quick cup of coffee and then left to play poker. So I uh, don't not a actual econ major. I was just in that track. <laughs> <laughs> Samage, by the way, uh, you would love this, Amal. So Mike recently moved from North Carolina to Santa Barbara. His wife and daughter were already in Santa Barbara. Mike took the trip with his dog and stopped off at poker rooms across the country and played poker on his way from North Carolina to Santa Barbara. So which way did you go? Did you go 40 in the south or where where direction did you go? Yeah, you can jump on the 40 at Raleigh, and you don't have to get off of it until I think it's Barstow. So you're, yeah. you're essentially taking it all the way across the country. You made a stop in Tunica, Oklahoma City, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Surprisingly uh, good. Was no that limit what, game Route there. 66? Yeah, it's Route 66. They have one of the best rooms in the country, Patrick. I played there because as soon as somebody calls clock, and Mike, I call clock on everybody. You've never played with anybody who plays faster than I do. Um, but the reality of it is <laughs> you don't have to wait for the floor to come over six days later. You know, you've had a chance to order an entire dinner. And they're like, oh, by the way, has the player had enough time to make a decision? They've already had a child by the time they made a decision. <laughs> I Does, like the fast uh, Let me ask man. you this, Samich. Let me ask you this. Does regular poker playing um, help your sports wagering. I know it's kind of an odd question, but does that regular poker playing, the bankroll management, the kind of keeping your senses sharp, does that help you with sports betting as well? I don't know if it helps from just playing regularly. I think there's a lot of lessons you can take from both of them. Uh, one of the biggest issues in poker is going on tilt, right? You take a bad beat, you have to be able to bounce right back. 
tournament and sports betting, you're going to take a ton of those bad beats. Your key is not to make a bad wager because you took a bad beat. And, and with poker, you can learn a lot from that as well. Um, there's a lot of, to me, there's a, there's a lot of parallels between horse racing tournaments and poker tournaments as well. I've had a fortunate to have a bunch of success in tournaments. I think a lot of that is because of my poker background. I, I love the point he just made there, Patrick. And I actually think you asked a very intelligent question as well. I will tell you this speaking for myself. I think it can be sometimes a little bit detrimental because you end up depending on how long, I don't know, Mike probably, you know, is very prudent in terms of time effectiveness. But um, to me, if you sit too long, it could be detrimental to you in terms of focusing in on some other things. So you have to be able to balance it out. Uh, you know, March Madness, if you're a college basketball better like Mike is, we're going to get into his plays in just a second. And then you get into the WSOP, it becomes a little bit easier in May into June because baseball is really going on. You've got the playoffs in hockey and basketball, but you've got a small, finite number of teams. So I think it's a great question you asked, but I thought the point that Mike made was really one that I hope people caught about going on tilt. Again, if you're not familiar with that, if you're losing. I, I got to tell you, Mike, I feel like for me, I, I, I go on winner's tilt, but when I'm playing, if I'm losing, I don't go on tilt. My philosophy is why throw good money after bad? Well, that's the correct philosophy. A lot of people really struggle correct. with it, though. You can, you can see people's, you know, I don't want to completely ver move this into a poker discussion, but you can see people's style of play change yeah. drastically if they are up or down money. Yeah. And if you're able to react to that properly, you can do very well playing poker as well. It's the mentality of the person, how they're reacting to the positive or negative swings can often give you clues on how they are playing in the actual game. Tilt, chasing, all of it, it's so... It's it's so uh, specific to each individual's temperament yeah. that it's fascinating, and you can win quickly and lose quickly in this racket. Okay, let's get. You've got four college basketball plays: East Carolina, Tulane. You're hitting the over. I think this open 153 has been bet up to 156. You're going to go over the posted total here. Yeah, give me the over in this spot. A makeup was scheduled for earlier in the year. So they actually played each other last time out. That game got to 151 in the total. That included two five-minute droughts, one from each team. Both teams also shot sub 40%. So they went up and down the floor and just had some droughts where they just couldn't hit shots. Uh, neither of these teams is afraid to run. They both love paying, playing fast-paced, high-scoring games. And the faster-paced team is at home now as well. That to me also helps accelerate that pace. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean toward the over here. I actually like this one quite a bit. Uh, played it at 156. I played it again at 155. It's back up to 156. I think the over is a pretty safe play here. I, I expect this one to be played in the 80s. I, I love the point that he made here. I actually played Tulane in this game in a revenge spot for them. Got embarrassed in uh, uh, Greenville the other day. But he's right. You know, both teams shot under 40 percent. You don't expect that. And both teams are more than uh, comfortable getting up and down, as he alluded to. I think this is one you're going to see that's right where he said you can get this number still at 156, not a bad play at all. Earlier today, Amal, Mike Samich, uh, Thomas Gable chimed in, and he's going Toledo B Ball State over 159 and a half. You have a play on the side here. You're taking the four with Ball State. Yeah, I don't mind the overplay as well. These two uh, lit up the scoreboard the first time that they played in Toledo. Ball State actually came out with the win there. Now we're going to, uh, into, we're playing a final game here at home. Uh, this is one of those situations where Ball State has been phenomenal at home in conference. They are six and one at home in conference. Um, like I said, they were able to beat Toledo on the road. So now you get to play them at home on senior night. I think you're gonna see a motivated Ball State team here. Toledo doesn't have as much to play for heading in toward the conference tournament. They're gonna have to win it to be able to win, get into the dance but it's not a situation where the seating could get overly adjusted for Toledo. So I think Ball State takes care of business here. Um, I did not play the money line at plus 155, but I don't hate the idea of playing the money line either because four points isn't as much when the game is totaled this high, but I'm still going to take the plus four there and uh, hopefully we can get Ball State home. Mike, do you have a kind of a point in which you look at, I like the analogy you just made there with the total and the, uh, the spread itself that would favor a money line play. If, if a total were, say, much lower, uh, what's the type of spread number you're looking at where you would go money line or you would avoid it completely? Uh, it would really depend. I mean, I want that money line to usually be a little bit higher than the plus 155 number. I'm looking for plus 200, those type of ranges, which generally going to be the eight to 10 point dogs. Uh, with these specific games, I think there's a lot of times that you do see this game finish within four points. And that's why I like to lean toward Ball State. I have them as supposedly being a two point dog in this spot based on my, I have, I have a model, but it's not a great model. It's just kind of a bare minimum for me to kind of understand what games I should be looking at. I have it at two here. If I had them favored, I might be more interested in looking at the, the money line here. But I do think this is going to be a close game. And I want to try and keep, get that extra possession essentially with the points in this spot. Uh, but to your question, these higher price games, the higher line games from a total, 
I'm more interested in looking at money line favorites. If you have a total sitting at 120 and you're catching four, that four points is way more valuable than when you have a, a, a total sitting at 158, 155, and you're catching four just because of the amount of points in the game or the percentage of points you are catching versus the total. I'm laughing because Amal Shaw is smiling. He likes Mike Samich. Uh, Amal Shaw doesn't like anybody. So you can tell he respects him. This is hey, a good as this Terrell is a good Owens relationship. would say, I love me some me. <laughs> Evelyn Christian, Sam Houston State. You're, you're going the wrong way as far as the steam here. We opened nine and a half. It's down to six and a half at a couple of shops. You still do like Sam Houston State laying it. Yeah, I mean, I understand why it was bet at nine and a half. I don't like it anymore when it's at six and a half. Give me, I'll, I'll buy back Sam Houston State here. They have a good offensive team. They play well defensively. This is another team that's on a seven-game win streak, seven straight at home. Uh, they won by 15 at Abilene Christian as well earlier in the year. I don't see it going to be that big of a turnaround. And the last aspect of this one, and I love this, it's senior night, baby. Senior night in college basketball makes a difference. Three of the most important contributors for Sam Houston are seniors. They don't want to go out with a loss. I think you're going to see a pumped-up Sam Houston team take care of business tonight at home. I, I like this play here, Patrick, particularly why you've got a team that's in the top 12 in college basketball in terms of shooting the three against an ACU team that is inconsistent at times shooting the basketball. I, I agree with Mike here. Okay, Dayton, St. Louis. you got about a minute here, Samich. What are you doing with Dayton and St. Louis? Give me the Billikens plus the point and a half in this spot. It's a revenge spot for St. Louis, another team that's six and one at home in conference. Uh, only loss coming to VCU, who is the number one team in the A-10. Uh, this is the uh, St. Louis lost by, I believe it was seven uh, in Dayton. Now they're coming home. This is their last home game as well. So senior night again for St. Louis. I, I, this is one where, again, I'd be more interested in the money line here if we were getting a bigger plus price. It's just minus 105. So I'll take the point and a half here with St. Louis. And hopefully they can get it done at home for us. You're the best, Mike Samich, RacingDudes.com. Uh, I'm just excited because look at them all smiling. I, 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 I got to be honest like with you. I, you. You said it. You said you're going to love Mike. I absolutely do. I, it's not only entertaining, at least from my perspective, but it's incredibly informative. And I'm looking forward to having you on, Mike, when your schedule permits. So really looking forward to it. And looking forward to having you. Is it next week or is it the following week you're going to be here? Next week, I think I'll be in studio Wednesday. And then uh, hopefully I'll be here every Friday, 2 o'clock. Hey, you know, the best part is. is you're going to come into studio here before Patrick makes it in. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to get in between you and Dustin, man. Exactly, exactly right. He's going to be a superstar in this space. I can assure you of that. And as Dustin just texted, brilliant explaining the process. We want more process talk. So thank you for that, Samich. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Sounds good, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck with your bets. Thank you. You too. He Amal likes my friends. That makes me happy. <laughs> Sean Farnham, ESPN is next here on Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, UFC 285 is this week. Head over to Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Bet the big names on the UFC 285 card with Parlay Insurance. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Bet Rivers, it's a whole new game. Okay, we welcome you back here on Sharp Money. We're going to close the week with a superstar. Sean Farnham, good job by Dustin booking this. ESPN College Basketball Analyst joins us here on Sharp Money. First off, Sean, thank you. I know you're busy. We appreciate the time. I'll start with a very generic question. The best team you've seen in college basketball this year is? UCLA. And I'm not saying it because I played there. Uh, I'm saying it because <laughs> I think when you look at everything that checks the mark off of what do you need to be a champion uh, in college basketball, you need to be elite at something. They're elite at defense. They control the tempo of almost every game they played, including the one they lost to McHale Center to Arizona earlier this season. Leadership-wise, experience at the guard position, they have that in spades with a guy like Tiger Campbell. They have a superstar in Jaime Jaquez who may not be a superstar at the next level, but he's a superstar at the collegiate level. He's been playing outstanding. And then they have pros. Uh, Adem Bona is going to be a pro. He's their big guy, the freshman. Amari Bailey is going to be a pro. Jalen Clark, with the way that he's playing, uh, National Defensive Player of the Year potential, uh, and has emerged as an offensive weapon, he's, he's going to be a pro. So you, you have a nice combination of experience, youth, understanding culture, has a clear identity of who they are and how they want to play every single game. And I think that that benefits UCLA in the NCAA tournament even more so than it has so far this season, uh, which has already been a very elite season for them. 
I love the fact that you mentioned Jalen Clark and a Dembone. I think both these guys are under-heralded nationwide in terms of what they're able to do. They give the Bruins a great opportunity. Uh, when you look at Arizona on the flip side, I like this team with the size with Balo, and, of course, Tabellis has been tremendous this year, uh, Pella as well. But the one thing that I think holds them back, Ramey can shoot the ball, but I don't like Kirk Carice at the point guard. I don't like his disposition. I don't like his attitude at times. You saw the technical he got in the game one time for walking on the floor. To me, how far could Arizona potentially go in the tournament? They've got immense talent, but how far can they go? They're going to go as far as he takes them. I mean, and that's Kirk Creesa. So he's got to be able to control all that and maintain that energy and channel it in a positive direction. Uh, you know, he could be that, that annoying gnat that every opposing fan hates, but you love as a coach. Uh, and, but there's other times where he probably crosses that line. Uh, I go back to this team in the non-conference. I think this is important to look at. In conference play, especially second time around, a lot of teams, they know who you are. They know your personnel. They know how you want to play. Uh, but go back to the non-conference, undefeated, beat Indiana, beat Tennessee, beat Creighton, beat San Diego State. Those are really significant wins out of conference. And so when you get out of conference and you go, okay, well, their guard play might be suspect. That's true. And the guards are the quarterback, right? We always say you got to have a great quarterback uh, to, to win it all. You know what you need more importantly than even a great quarterback is a great offensive line. And they've got that in Balo and Tubelis. And their ability to run rim to rim, I think, is the difference maker. You don't, you don't know it. You, you, can, you can have your scout team and say, hey, guys, their bigs are going to run rim to rim. But until you go out and you try to defend it and you look up and they're five steps ahead of you and they're, they're throwing the ball over the top of your head to Tubelis and Tubelis is, is dunking, you're like, oh, well, that, they're a lot faster than I thought they were going to be. And, and, and I think that that's going to be something to watch here in the NCAA tournament because, again, the separation, everybody's got warts this year, right? So you can bring up Kirk Reese, and I understand why you do, uh, and I respect it, but you go through any team in the country, and we can talk about the warts of what they don't have or what they're lacking, uh, which is why this year is going to be a little bit more wide open. It's not like it was two years ago when we had the bubble championship and it was a collision course between an undefeated Gonzaga team uh, and a Baylor team that their only hiccups came after they had to go on a COVID pause. And they, they ended up on that collision course all the way to a national championship. We kind of knew that was how, how it was going to go. This year, we don't really have that. I mean, it, it's, it's everybody's got warts. Everybody's got concerns. Uh, and, and I think that's going to get exposed here in the NCAA tournament. And it manages that uh, and protects that. It's probably going to be the teams that we see down in Houston at the end of the year. It's conference tournament time. He's calling the WCC and the SEC tournaments. Sean Farnham, ESPN college basketball analyst here on Sharp Money. I'm going to give you three teams. Take your pick. Houston, Kansas, Alabama. To win it all? Yeah, of those three. I'd probably go Kansas. Just based on the fact they have more quad one victories and they've gone through the gauntlet and the experience factor of, of some of those guys that were on the team a year ago. Um, they don't have a, they don't have a five that can really they can play through the post, but it doesn't matter because of the way they played offensively, they space it out. They've been really locked in at the defensive end of the floor. Jalen Wilson's been outstanding. Dewan Harris is a very capable guard at both ends, a very good defensive player as well as distributor of the basketball. Sometimes I'd like to see him be a little bit more assertive in the scoring department than he has been. But uh, I just think when it matters who you beat. Like the, my concern with Houston is the American hasn't offered a lot of resistance, right? But that's also sometimes what we talk about with Gonzaga in recent years in the WCC is, oh, well, their conference hasn't really offered them a ton of resistance, so how ready will they be for the NCAA tournament? Of course, all Mark Houston's done has gone out and won as many games as anybody in the last 10 years of the NCAA tournament, goes to Sweet 16s every single year. But if you're talking about finishing it off, uh, I don't know if this Houston team can do it. Sometimes they get locked in offensively and they get bogged down a little bit. If their defense isn't able to disrupt and cause turnovers, I think that's problematic. And I think also there's, there's going to be an inherent pressure on them with the Final Four being in Houston. They would be the first team since the 1972 UCLA Bruins uh, that won the NCAA championship in Los Angeles to win it in their home city. Uh, nobody has done it since, uh, and that's what's going to be on their shoulders as well as they start this, this process and get there to the NCAA tournament. Then Alabama I love uh, on the court, or the way that they play, the makeup of this team. However, they're young. And teams that rely heavily upon freshmen often come up short of that final goal. And very rarely have we seen a team – dominated by freshmen, and yes, they have Mark Sears, the transfer from Ohio, but it's Bradley, it's Clowney, it's Miller, uh, that they, re they, they rely on so heavily to be productive for them game in and game out. Uh, it's really been since 2015 when Duke won a national championship that we saw a team that was dominated by freshmen that relied so much upon freshmen uh, to win a national title. 
Love the p point you made about the freshman point of view there. I want to go to a team that Patrick and I are fairly high on. I think is a terrific coach in Jim Laranaga in Miami. I believe you've seen them in person. Tell me how far you think this team could potentially go. I, I love the way they shoot the ball. And one thing I look for, Sean, are teams that can knock down free throws. These guys are really good. Four of their top five scorers are 78% or better at the free throw line. Yeah, I, I love this team. Um, they, they score it. They don't really want to defend it all that much. They're an opportunistic defensive team, which means they want to get steals and be able to get runouts off of that. But Isaiah Wong has been uh, phenomenal all season long. I think the key, the biggest key to their success has been Norchad O'Meara. Uh, the transfer from Arkansas State, six foot seven, 250-pounder. He's just a double-double. And they needed somebody that would sure up things on the interior. They don't need it. You know, Jim Laranega told me, and I did see him earlier this year in Connecticut, he said, look, last year we played small ball. This year we're playing smaller ball. Uh, and, they're, and they're not lying. Uh, they're small, they're quick, they're athletic. They force you to have to play at their pace, and they force you to have to defend them. And if you go with bigs, they're going to bring bigs out, and you've got guys like Jordan Miller, who's like a Swiss Army knife that can do anything um, out on the floor, and they just break you down. Uh, their ability to get to the paint is why they get to the free throw line. Last year they went to the Elite Eight. I think that's probably where they can tap out again. Uh, the, the, the concern is when you get to that, that next stage, eventually they're going to they're gonna run into a team like a Zach Eady. Uh, you know, somebody that's got a mountain, uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, that, that they can place you on the post and they, and they can just wear you out down low underneath. And I, and I think that would be my concern for them to get all the way to the Final Four. But dependent upon matchups, obviously not, under, not seeing what the bracket's going to look like, I think their top shelf is probably the uh, Elite Eight. Big 12 has been the best conference in basketball, Sean. Just got about a minute here. We want to see Texas Tech get in. There's three, three teams right now on the bubble, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Can we get Texas Tech in the dance? I don't know. I mean, I, I saw them in person. The problem with them has been health all season long. When, when Fardaz Amac missed so much time, and now they're playing catch-up late in the season, uh, I think they're good enough, too. I think all three of those teams are good enough to win a game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but it's just whether or not the NCAA tournament selection committee, uh, how they view all the games missed by so many of their – Pop Isaacs also missed a stretch of games inside the Big 12 as well. Um, so I, I think it's how the tournament selection committee will look at that and how they value some of these wins that they've had late in the season. Good luck with the calls. WCC SEC tournament, Sean Farnham, ESPN, at Sean Farnham on Twitter. Thank you for the time, Sean. Appreciate you. No worries, guys. Have a good race today. Thank you. Okay, you too. I, look, it, as far as Oklahoma State, five straight losses them all. They're at Texas Tech, who I just mentioned, coming up on Saturday. You said you're not huge, haven't seen a ton of West Virginia, but they're 17 and 13. Um, uh, uh, he mentioned a AMAC there with Texas Tech. That, to me, their front court's very good with him healthy. Uh, that's a team I'd like to see to get in on the Big 12. I, I would agree with you. I think it only adds to the stable of teams coming out of the Big 12 in terms of how tough they're going to be. I, I really believe the Big 12, depending on the matchup, they could win six or seven games in the opening round. I mean, they are, it's that good of a league. When you look at the top of that league, Kansas, Texas, uh, Baylor, of course, I mean, it's just Iowa State's had a great year. I don't necessarily put them in that same level, but Kansas State's been there all season long. So this would be fun to see. You got great guard play. You know, Jalen Wilson, of course, and Grady Dick, and then Marcus Carr at Texas, along with Sir Jabari Rice. This team is going to be dangerous, and we know what Baylor, Keontae George, one of my favorite players in college yep. basketball. Uh, he's tremendous. Dustin just texted, closing tabs will include some NBA players who are out tonight and two pro tips. We've got a play or two from Amal Shaw. I've got two MLS plays for the weekend, and we'll recap the network's plays. It's coming up next here on Sharp Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Yes, sir. Sharp Money. Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, the big guy who's a huge fan of the Citadel. Yeah, I mean, Amal brags about getting into Harvard Law. Most people don't know this about me. I'm the type of guy who got into the Citadel, but they said that their physical fitness program would need to be altered if I was going to get in. Well, you know what? It makes sense based on the way Citadel has performed in the first half. I thought Dustin was on the team. They've scored seven points with 30 seconds remaining. I am on the over, and uh, we may not get to double digits here if this next free throw doesn't go through for the Citadel. They are currently down with a second to go, and at the free free throw line, 27-9 to to Mercer in the first round of the SoCon Championship uh, Tournament. Good news. That was like Jordan and Pippen, you and me going back and forth there, Dustin. We had a great plan coming out of the break. Faster. <laughs> Let's go. Closing tabs to close out the, you know, I love you. Closing tabs to close out the show. By the way, I've got two uh, plus prices in Major League Soccer. I'm all, so you don't fall asleep. I won't get too extensive with the breakdown here, but I'll just tell you Inter Miami's hosting the Philadelphia Union. Yep. Philadelphia is easily the best team in MLS, they're the deepest team. Once they get into CONCACAF play and other competitions, they may tire a little bit. Inter ain't it, okay? A nice 2-0 win over Montreal to open up the season for Inter-Miami. Philadelphia, conversely, beat up on Columbus 4-1 to to open the year. Like I said, they are the best and the deepest team in MLS. They picked right up where they left off last year. You're getting plus money on Philly. It's not going to happen with the Union many times this year. Plus one... T- Plus 112, take the union on Saturday. Next one, Austin FC. They're at home. They lost to expansion St. Louis to open up the year at home, looking to bounce back. This is a buy low spot for Austin FC, one of the biggest surprises in MLS last year. CF Montreal lost a ton of key pieces, including their manager that went to Columbus. It's a team that's going to take a while to gel. You're getting plus money, again, buying low on Austin, plus 113 at home. So plus 112 Philadelphia and plus 113 Austin, Austin, pardon me, FC. I don't expect you to comment them all, but if you'd like to, feel free. Actually, I'm just impressed with your knowledge of the MLS because I know you are a big soccer guy, but like I said earlier, I just don't follow the MLS the way I do uh, the Premier League or Bundesliga or La Liga, so I love that you actually pay close attention to this league. Here's here's where MLS snobs would get really upset with you. Mm -hmm. It's not the MLS. It's simply MLS. Well, you know, in California, they call it the 10 and the 5 and the 15, but the reality is you go on the East Coast, it's take 95. So my question is, is it the or is it not? It just depends on your perspective. no, No, you have to understand. I'm in agreement with you. You're getting mad at me. I think it should be the MLS. It's just snobs call it MLS. So I'm right there with you, bro. What do you got as far as a play on the way out? I like uh, Tulane today at home minus 12. Now lines jumped up 12 and a half. The overnight was 11 and a half. I didn't grab that one, but I got the 12 revenge spot here. Mike talked about this game, liking the total over. And I think he made some great arguments for that. Uh, but I think Hunter's team comes through here in this game. ECU has struggled away from Greenville at times in New Orleans today. This game goes at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific, Tulane, uh, minus 12. Beautiful. Network plays. Thomas Gable runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. He's on Toledo Ball State over 158.5. And Amali's on Pacific San Francisco over 152. 
I, I like both calls here, especially in the WCC tournament. You get some uh, fouls late. My only concern in the Pacific game, and I tend to agree with him on the over, is that if uh, San Francisco pulls away by a large margin and you don't get those free throws late, that's the only question. The Toledo Ball State play, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm just going to be watching this game as a fan. That game goes in about 10 minutes, so if you haven't made the bet yet and you're looking to, uh, just keep in mind this game is going to go shortly. Good job with the timing, Amal Shaw. And again, Mike Samich, who joined us the first time, he did a great job. He's on Tulane, ECU over 158. St. Louis, he's taking the point and a half. Ball State, he's taking four. And Sam Houston, he's laying seven and a half. Comments, and we'll get to closing tabs with the big guy. I like the Sam Houston play. I think ACU is not quite as good, and I'm surprised the money's come in on them here. I, I like his point on Sam Houston State here. Okay, big guy, it's time to close out the tabs, close out the week, which I think has been a spirited first week for us here on Sharp Money. If you have a play, you can jump in now as well. I will mix mine in throughout because they're related to some of the news I'm about to bring up here. So Great. let's begin with a couple pro tips on the show today. I thought they were really beneficial for the audience. VEASAN.com slash pro tips. You can see all the pro tips throughout the day. We dropped two. One, we had Amal and his MLB run line betting breakdown. Look for these dominant teams that there's no value on the money line. And you can get them on the run line. The Dodgers last year converted on the on the run line 86% of the time. Ridiculous. And then Samich with a great one during his segment. Go back, listen, podcasts, anywhere you download your podcast. You can go back and listen to every hour of the show. Puck lines being good in-game bets between the 10 and 5-minute mark in the final uh, period of play and regulation. Uh, you can cover that one-and-a-half puck line with an empty netter. So he likes looking for those. I thought, thought that was a really cool strategy from I thought, it was, I thought it was a really good job by you taking the information from two smart guys and repurposing it right there. It's kind of what we do on Sharp Money. <laughs> it kind of is. Let's close another tab. All right. So some injuries. Your boys. The Pistons, they got no Bogdanovich, no Durin, no Beef Stew, and no Alec Burks tonight. No props up anywhere where I can find it. A guy I do like in a lot of these spots, if your book has props on him, mine at the moment doesn't, is Diallo, the forward for Detroit. I tend to like him betting, betting over on his points when a lot of these guys are out in the front court. When you yeah, mentioned Detroit's in tank mode, there's there's just no doubt what they're trying to accomplish right now. They don't want to win basketball games. When he mentions all these Pistons guys, I think they're a good college all-star team. <laughs> it was supposed to be a promising season with my boy Cade. Oh. He goes down. So does the season in flames. Close another tab. Anthony Simons is out for Portland tonight. That means Cam Reddish is jumping into the starting lineup. I'm not a big Cam Reddish guy. I'm sick of hearing people talk about how he just needs playing time to break through and be a go-to player. I'm actually taking under 13 and a half points because I think it got juiced up once Simons was out and he's not going to go over 13 and a half. That's my vibe on him. Cam Reddish needs playing time if you're betting the other opponent, other side. Yeah, I agree. You're not the type of guy that gets into Cam Reddish. Let's close another tab. Uh, Josh Richardson is out for New Orleans, and then I'm going over, I believe it's 14 and a half on Trey Murphy. No Valanchunas, no Josh Richardson. I think Murphy will get around 30 minutes tonight. I think he's a nice little play for props. Uh, some more tabs to close. David Stern, RIP. Want to just point out... <laughs> Amal crushed him. He died at 77 years old back in 2020. But his Wikipedia, the second line, Stern oversaw NBA basketball's growth into one of the world's most popular sports during the 90s and 2000s. And Amal didn't like the guy. Rest in peace. Can I give a rebuttal? Yeah, go ahead. It's your show. Rest I, in peace. So 80s NBA and 90s NBA, there are few people that probably know more about it than I do. I loved the NBA for a long time. <laughs> Let me finish. But this guy single-handedly made sure certain markets didn't have fair opportunities to compete. I'm going to tell you right now, I had a former NBA player tell me, we were at dinner one night, and he said to me, he goes, if we wind up in a game seven in, in Miami, he goes, we're going to be playing five on eight. I'll always let you finish. Just flexing about knowing more about 80s and 90s basketball is just. Who cares? Exactly Nobody cares. That and five bucks would give me a cup of coffee at Starbucks. My point being is I was a huge NBA fan, but the way the game has been called and the way Stern kind of orchestrated the league. I mean, when your commissioner comes out and says, imagine if the and Roger Goodell came out and said, they go, what's your dream matchup in the Super Bowl? He goes, Cowboys versus Cowboys. So Think you're about, saying you'd like to. 
You'd like to bring back hand checking? Is that what you're telling me? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is your commissioner should never come out and say, my dream matchup is Lakers versus Lakers. And we saw that. We, we saw them prevent the Kings from getting in the NBA Finals. Remember when Mike Bibby took the bow from Kobe to the face? 27 free throws in that fourth quarter. We saw Ralph Nader write a letter to Congress. I mean, it was, it was a joke. No, just, he, just, a, just a reminder, David Stern is dead. Apologies. And we continue to throw dirt on the grave. Apologies Wait, my, to his family. From uh, yeah, Shalom and RIP. <laughs> what else you got, big guy? Uh, we were reminiscing about the Laranaga <laughs> Miami team. One of my favorites, Shane Larkin, Duran Scott, Reggie Johnson, and my favorite guy on that Hurricanes roster, Kenny Kaji. Uh, we referred to Amal because apparently he loves the national anthem as Lee Greenwood, uh, Toby Keith, and I want to add one more, the real American. He came out to that song, Hulk Hogan. Thank you. Uh, Amal informed us that he leaves movies in the middle if he doesn't like them. The average yeah, cost I, of a ticket I, is nine seventeen. I can't. I still can't conceptualize what happened during that segment. I don't think I ever will fully process it, Amal. <laughs> Listen, I'm just not going to sit around if a movie's bad. What, what's the point? You've already paid it. Oh, oh, oh! Another thing. He he loves the national anthem. But I brought up the flag during the break. He's not big on the flag. Ooh. So there's a real contradiction. No, the anthem represents the United States, right? To me, the pledge is a little bit different dynamic there. I get it, but I'm not saying I'm anti the pledge. I just have an affinity for the anthem. I think, listen, if you're going to live in the greatest country in the world, just respect it. Fellas, week one of Sharp Money is in the books. I, I mentioned at the top of the show, we do appreciate your patience as we try show by show to get a little bit better and create a unique cultural gambling space. Amal Shaw, great job. Dustin Sweetelson, great job. All kidding aside, it's a pleasure to work with you both. We'll get back at it on Monday. Okay, Tim Murray and Sean King are next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 